Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our latest ebook, Being a Grateful Leader. In it, you'll learn about the personal, professional, and even medical benefits of gratitude, how to express, express real gratitude, and how to develop a practice of gratitude for yourself. You can go ahead and grab a copy. The link is in today's show notes at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 207. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and today I am speaking to the gratitude dude. <laughs> he is the co-founder and COO of the Generosity Series. He facilitates workshops focusing on the personal and professional benefits of gratitude and the habits that we need to create in order to make gratitude an integral part of our lives. He also runs quarterly congruence unconvention, and he'll tell us a little bit about that. We are so glad to have you. Welcome to the show, David Lynn. So great to be here. All right. Excited. I am looking forward to having you. So I just shared uh, some of the very top level highlights about you, Dave, but I know there's a lot more to you and what you do. So can you tell, your, tell us a little bit more about yourself? Would love to. Um, I'm a big fan of purpose and, and why. And I, whenever I present, which I do a lot, I introduce myself by using my personal why, since I hope it tells a lot more about me than the things that I do. So I'm going to start with that. Um, my why statement is to give to and share with others so that together we're greater than our biggest obstacles. And I attempt to fulfill that in my personal life as well as my professional life. Um, but I like to say that um, I have dual passions, uh, generosity and gratitude. So I co-founded a company called the Generosity Series, which is a full circle fundraising platform for nonprofits uh, where we try to harness the power of collaboration, but yet highlighting the uniqueness of each mission. Uh, we just finished our fall uh, East Coast se season here two weeks ago, uh, which brought us over $11 million in aggregate raised wow. for our approximately 100 50, 150 charity partners. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Um, and now with the, you know, being like 30 degrees today and 70 degrees in LA. So the next few months we're over in LA and San Diego <laughs> where we do our events there as well. Um, so that's generosity. Um, in the world of gratitude, I provide gratitude workshops for businesses, nonprofits, and students. Uh, that takes the form of either like a one-off like hands-on workshop, maybe, you know, teaching a little bit about gratitude and teaching how to write a gratitude letter or the importance of keeping a gratitude journal or something like that, or as far as a full-blown four-part series. Um, also a certified presenter of the appreciation in the workplace methodology. So that's something that uh, comes along with gratitude as well. And finally, in terms of congruence, it's sort of a, uh, we call it an unconference. It's a two and a half day soft skills focused uh, business oriented unconference, uh, February 2nd to 5th in Austin, if you're interested. Um, and I help write the curriculum for that. And, and within that, I also present a four part gratitude workshop there as well. There's a lot and shouldn't all be about what I do. Definitely. So clearly uh, a busy guy and involved in a lot of different things. Um, I know when we've spoken in the past, you mentioned uh, kind of, you told me a little bit about how you got into the idea of gratitude and how you started working on this. Um, and you mentioned that your initial 
kind of interest and gratitude came because you were asked to create a workshop about it. Could you tell us a little bit about that? And tell me maybe how has your understanding of gratitude changed since that initial request that you received? Yeah, that's it's perfect timing for this because it was just about this time of year, you know, pulling up on uh, yeah. Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit earlier when I first got the call um, from some charities in, in actually in Atlanta who said, hey, would you come in and, and teach us about showing gratitude in the nonprofit space originally, you know, something along the lines of how do we thank our donors and everything like that. So sure, I was interested and I started to do a lot of research. And uh, one of the things that was annoying at me was, well, why do we wait till Thanksgiving to to talk about these things. Of course, it's good that we have it there to remind us. I always say it's like it's like Mother's Day. Yeah, you should, or Father's Day. You know, you should be <laughs> grateful for reaching out and thanking your parents all the time. But sometimes we need those little reminders. So there's nothing wrong with it, of course. But to me, it was always like, you know, if we're only putting this on our calendar, like, you know, we put things like uh, change the batteries in your smoke detector, then it becomes sort of rote. And then it's not authentic and it's not real. So what... That was the first change for me that, that in terms of approach, I said, I want to talk about being authentic in our personal gratitude, even before we go professional mm -hmm. with it, and also to try to think about the things that could get us more focused on gratitude day in and day out so that it's not sort of just, you know, on the calendar. Um, so that, that was, I think, the first sea change for me was, was approaching it as something that should be more authentic, more day to day. Um, and then helping, hopefully helping people get to that place themselves. That's so incredibly important. And it's definitely something that I think it is wonderful that we have such a, a focus on gratitude at this specific time of year, because it can be a good kind of Kickstarter for people um, who maybe don't yeah. often think about gratitude or don't have a practice of gratitude or habits around it, it can be a good way to maybe get yourself started. But you're right. If you're only thinking about gratitude at Thanksgiving, that's that's kind of sad <laughs> um, and not really yeah. what it should be about. You know, if, if the only time you ever hear thank you from somebody is, is one time of year, you're going to question whether that person really appreciates you. Um, and oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I think particularly in, in when I was originally asked, which was to sort of give some advice on writing thank you notes to donors for nonprofits, mm -hmm. particularly felt like if this is the only time they're getting, they're hearing from you, other than when you're asking them, the only one time a year when everyone else is also thanking them, then that's not going to come across as, as authentic. And even if it is, you know, uh, but the perception might not be. Definitely. And I think uh, that's probably a convicting thought for most people because we're probably all kind of thinking about putting together the holiday gifts and holiday cards. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, what, what I'm hearing you say is it's not about not doing the holiday stuff. It's just what are you doing every other time of year? Yeah. I agree. All right. So, um, people often think of gratitude as really kind of a fluffy topic as kind of it's a it's a nice to have it's a oh yeah gratitude that's nice um, but I know that you have really done some research and looked into um, some science and some facts about gratitude and and what it can really do and I've I've done a lot of research on that myself because I, I was putting together an ebook this month so I'd love to hear you share um, why gratitude isn't just a kind of fluffy silly happy topic. 
Yeah, uh, it's a great uh, it's a great point. It's something that I, I I always keep in mind, particularly when I'm speaking with leadership in in organizations mm-hmm. where you know they hear oh yeah gratitude and you know building a culture of gratitude and it sounds very fluffy and nice and even if they think that's a great thing to have it sort of comes across as this you know but it's just just a little something extra and it's it's not real uh it's fun it's nice it's good but it's not going to help me it's not going to help my business and it's something that i worked particularly hard on, on doing some serious research uh, to, to be able to maybe even get ahead of that before they raise those types of objections or queries. Um, so, you know, across the board, there are so many benefits to a gratitude, some that, of course, can't be measured, mm-hmm. right? How you feel about it is not necessarily something that's measurable, but there are tons of studies that go across the board, you know, from uh, their medical studies, their, their, uh, some particularly very longitudinal studies regarding um, coronary events and recovery from, from coronary events. Um, they're, 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 um, and I'm just talking some of the medical stuff because I think people like to hear like, okay, medicine, I believe when Harvard <laughs> medical school comes out with a report that says that, okay, that's not the gratitude dude giving me some fluff. Right. So they they hear about these studies. There are studies that show that, um, you know, there's certain medical things like uh, certain biomarkers that are reduced when people are, are have higher levels of gratitude and, and some biomarkers that will uh, eventually potentially lead to certain types of cancers and diabetes and, and, and other kidney related uh, uh medical conditions. So there's some serious stuff. And then, of course, there's all the blood pressure studies are, are up there. I mean, we could know even commonly thinking about, you know, what are the greatest things that we can control that lead to things like high blood pressure and, and heart conditions are eating habits, dietary habits. Those mm-hmm. are difficult, important. And stress, right? Reduction of stress. Anybody who's got hypertension, anybody who has a heart issue, their doctor's going to tell them you got to reduce your stress, right? And there are significant studies that show the actual reduction of stress levels, the reduction of blood pressure. I always like to point out sleep studies. I mean, everybody needs better sleep. No one's going to argue with that, right? And and there are great studies that talk about how uh, gratitude will help you fall asleep quicker, stay asleep longer and more soundly without, you know, with less wakefulness, all these other things. Um, so in the, in the world of science, there's all, I mean, I could, you could list them. You could just go on and on and on. <laughs> Anybody could certainly reach out. Um, uh, or if you want to argue with me, come on, bring it on. Um, but, uh, you know, and then of course, all of the, the well-being uh, things that relate to it, that even some of those things that don't sound measurable are also measurable in psychological studies and other types of, of, of clinical studies showing, you know, all of these things, protection against burnout. Um, there's a lot of interesting studies now in, in the field of uh, fields of mental illness, particularly anxiety and depression, uh, PTSD studies, trauma survivor studies, resiliency. There's so much stuff. I mean, it, one of the things that that sort of can boomerang on this, like I, like we're, you and I are talking about now, well, where's the hard studies and stuff? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that also backfires. I think if we give too much of that stuff, then people think like, oh, I'm just doing, I'm going to do gratitude because it's good for me. Right? Yeah, like an exercise be- routine. Yeah. 
<laughs> right, exactly. And it's good for me. But gratitude is supposed to be about somebody else. And here we're looking at how, how great it is for me, right? So I would like to say, well, self-care is important. And we hope that, you know, this will maybe jumpstart people into getting more focused on gratitude. And then once they get into it, they'll see that, it, you know, in and of itself, it's something that's that's very positive. I love that. I think that's that's so incredibly important. And, you know, the especially what you mentioned about stress, because like you said, the, the stress relief aspects of gratitude, that impacts you at both a physical level because inflammation, I mean, that's tied to cancer, that's tied to heart disease, that's tied to um, just all kinds of different conditions that, that can lead to significant health impacts and even death um, are tied to stress and inflammation. And then on the just psychological side, I mean, you think of how many people are, are anxious and worried and making impulsive decisions and feeling feeling stressed out, and that's all connected. And so just that one aspect of um, the impact of gratitude is really powerful. And as you mentioned, so Harvard is doing studies on this. Berkeley has an entire lab set up that talks yeah. about um, gratitude. Uh, Stanford has uh, has a program that they're doing. All of these different um, institutes are forming practices where they've got um, maybe uh, maybe a lab that's working on it or a study or uh, you know just a focus area because they're seeing the benefits of gratitude and so like you said you know it's its own reward you're doing it because you care about people and you want to demonstrate that to them but it also has a lot of benefits for the individual who's practicing gratitude and so um, it's really exciting to see all the work that's being done in this field I think it's become a more um, a more popular topic for research in the last few years, and it's just amazing the the impact that that this has on on all of us. And I think it's just something that we really haven't thought about and talked about enough. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, and I, I think that I, I call it sort of a. a keystone habit or a cornerstone habit. There's so many things that when you start embracing gratitude and, and thinking about it and, and practicing it, uh, and it's not difficult, really. I mean, there are certain things that we all struggle with, but it's it's we're not talking about, you know, you don't need a degree in gratitude to start <laughs> getting better at it. You know, so it's it that's a great thing. It's probably is easier than dieting, guys. Um, but uh, one of the things that is amazing about it is it it's so comprehensive in terms of we've been talking about health and then stress and stress is just one of those things that plays through your whole life. So if you have increased stress, so your relationships, your personal relationships are going to suffer. Your work is going to suffer. Like you said, you're going to make worse decisions. You know, you, everything along, everything is going to go along. It's sort of a full cycle thing. You know, if you, if you're working on your gratitude, it's going to improve all aspects of your life. Uh, and if you're not, you're going to suffer in all aspects of your life. So it, it's really one of those things that is rare in that it, it plays across all different uh, aspects and phases of our lives. Definitely. It's just such an incredible, um, incredible thing. And like you said, it is a lot easier than a lot of other self-improvement um, things that we might work on. Again, because if you want to be a more grateful person, all you have to do is start to be a more grateful person. It doesn't require um, like equipment or you know right. anything crazy. <laughs> and the the simplest habit for you know that you can develop is just literally a practice of reflecting and meditating and thinking of things to be grateful for. 
And if yeah. you have any time in your day, you can dedicate a little bit of that to thinking about being grateful. Now, certainly most of the studies are based on some habits like journaling and that, that's mm -hmm. a best practice or, or writing people notes and things. But the first step is always just thinking about things to be grateful for. And if you can just say, you know what, during my commute, I'm going to spend a few minutes just thinking about things to be grateful for, or I'm going to spend five minutes in the morning or in the evening um, just focusing on gratitude. That's really all it takes. And you're going to start to see some benefits. So like you said, I love that. It's a keystone habit. It's so easy um, to start to build a practice of gratitude and you'll start to see just such incredible um, benefit to, to you and the relationships that you have with other people. Yeah. And I, I think the, the point you're making when you when you said, for example, during your commute, uh, you know, take, a, you know, a, a two minutes, whatever it might be to think about, you know, things that you might be grateful for, whatever that practice might be. Uh, I'm a big fan of habit stacking where you're mm -hmm. setting, you know, some let's call it a gratitude habit to some other existing habit or thing that you do pretty much every day. So it might be your commute. It might be going to the gym. It might be answering your first text message or, or, or turning on your first song or taking your shower or drinking your coffee or a meal. Whatever that thing is, if you can find something that you're doing every day and start adding a gratitude habit either right before or right afterwards, it's always better to do it before because then you know you can do the other thing. But um, that's a great way to just get into a habit. And like you're mentioning, two or three minutes, you don't need more. Eventually, it's going to soak in. And you're going to just do it more naturally. Uh, but I think that that sort of habit stacking is, is a great tool that people can use. Definitely. That's so incredibly important, um, especially if you've already developed whatever the internal kind of muscles are to remind yourself yeah. to do whatever other thing it is. Yeah. Um, if it's a commute, you have to do it to get to work. So that makes it a little right. bit easier. Yeah. But if it's, um, you know, like you said, if it's going to the gym, you've already trained yourself to make sure that happens. Um, if you have a faith practice or a meditation practice and you're already mm -hmm. setting aside time in your day to pray or to meditate, that could be a really great time yeah, to perfect. implement it because you're already going to be in a mindset of, um, of kind of thought and focus and, and kind of a mental, um, you know, it's a mental habit as opposed to a physical one. But regardless, it's, it's so easy to implement. It's something that um, I have one of those um, calendars on my desk that somebody gave me where I have the little, I can just tear away a sheet every day. And I, I, what I've taken to doing is at the end of the day, on the back of the sheet, I just write some things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an automatic gratitude journal with an object that I already have. And it's it's just such a great way to end your day to focus on gratitude. And it, it really impacts the way I feel when I'm leaving the office when I do that, as opposed to when I'm scrambling to get to my next thing. <laughs> I, I love that so much. Um, and then do you save them? Uh, I do. Yes. I, I, you know, the, this one kind of flips over, so it makes it easy. You don't have to tear it away. Uh -huh. I know some of them we would tear away and so that you wouldn't necessarily find it easy to save. Um, so definitely you want to think about, do you want to save mm -hmm. your documentation of things you're grateful for? I think sometimes um, it might even be useful and, and interesting just to document it and not even save it and yeah. just say, you know, it's almost like a, just a momentary thought, um, but yeah, great question. Yeah. I, I know as I was researching gratitude, it's just, it's, it's amazing how, as you said, it's, 
it is that keystone habit. It's 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 kind of a foundational thing, and, and there's a lot of ways that you can take it. Now, one really specific thing I wanted to call back to because this was kind of your your entree into this space was the idea of sending notes and sending gifts um, related to gratitude, maybe at the end of the year. Is that something that um, that you've done any research into whether whether sharing gifts is a good way to demonstrate gratitude? Yeah, it's a great question. You're right, particularly this time of year um, as we're getting toward the holidays. Um, and, and also what we're discussing now, that doesn't mean not to give gifts. Even if we come out and we think it's not the best way, that, that means it's not necessarily the best way to show your gratitude. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be giving gifts for other reasons, either custom yeah. or, or expectation or just to show love. I mean, it doesn't <clears throat> gifts aren't only about potentially gratitude, but so I just want to give that caveat. And then I'm also not I don't feel like gifts are necessarily a bad way to show gratitude, mm-hmm. but I do think there are some uh, misperceptions, misconceptions. Um, I think that, number one, it's very individual. Um, one of the things that we talk about when we talk about uh, the languages, I'm sure you and, and probably a lot of listeners are familiar with the the five love languages, which is a mm-hmm. wildly popular uh, bestseller. And then there's a follow-up, which is, also very popular, maybe not as popular, but it's just, which is the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. Um, um, mm-hmm. And that's something that, that I do. I, I bring this into workplaces and we sort of, there's a, an inventory with it you could take to determine what somebody's particular language of appreciation is. And gifts, tangible gifts is one of the languages. The interesting thing about it though, is it's one of the least favored languages. <laughs> and even by those people that don't favor it themselves, they they tend to give a lot of gifts, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and it's right. So it's easy to give somebody something and and that. So I think the first step is number one. It varies. It depends on the person. There are certain people that really appreciate that, and then that's great for them. But you have to sort of suss that out somehow, either formally or informally. And then of course it's very individual. Like if you're getting everybody the same gift, you know, then that's, that's probably not so appreciated, you know, maybe if it's cash, I don't know, but <laughs> I always appreciate that. Right. right. It, I always say when you get cash, no one says, Oh, I have this or I have to exchange it. Or, you know, it fit. But, um, but I think that, you know, gifts are very individual uh, and it's difficult in the workplace to do that. So I think, and it's also different within the workplace and then for external clients. I think external clients, they're, you know, unless they're very, very special and and maybe uh, a, a more of a, a large income producing client that, you know, you're going to sort of get a group of gifts that you're going to give to everybody. So that's something that's harder to do um, externally, right? To get individual gifts for all of your clients, as opposed to your team, right? Your team, you should know them and you should know what they like and what they'll, you know, what they'll enjoy. But clients may be something, you know, you, you have to get broader. You know, someone has a hundred clients they're going to get gifts for, they might order something that's going to be a hundred of that thing. And that's probably okay for, for clients. There's not a high level of expectation of individuality, but the question is, like, what do you get them and and how? So, so I've done some research in this, and I've also spoken a lot with people in the field. Um, one of the things that's certainly a trend is that people uh, appreciate generally more an experience than an item. And that's true mm-hmm. for us as individuals, you know, to get somebody, you know, tickets to a concert or a ballet or, or a sporting event as opposed to 
a physical item. They tend to remember them more. It's, it's more savored. You know, you talk about it, you experience it, you go through it. Hopefully it's a good experience, right? And you remember that. <laughs> and they associate you with it for, for a longer period of time. So I think that's one sort of general category. Of course, there's going to be exceptions. And I think also something that's lasting, like that's one of the examples. But I'll, t- I'll give you an example of, of two gifts that I've received that were meaningful for me. Um, one was a book, just a simple book, probably cost them $28 or whatever it is. But I knew that the person bought this book for me because it's sort of an odd book and it's only something that maybe I he, okay. he knew that I would enjoy. And then he inscribed it. It was He was thanking me for a fundraiser that I helped run for, for his organization. And he inscribed it, inscribed it very meaningfully about the cause and, and how much gratitude they had for me. That's something that was always meaningful for me. And every time I see the book or I just think about it or I think about that fundraiser, I remember that. And it lasts a long time. Uh, the other one that comes to mind to me is one of my business partners bought me a bottle of scotch, right? So I'm not a, I'm, I'm more of a beer guy than a scotch guy, but I used to be a scotch guy, but it's, you know, budgetary restraints. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Expensive hobby. Yeah, exactly. So, but this partner and good friend of mine, he doesn't drink at all. So when I got this bottle of scotch from him, number one, I knew he was getting me something for me, not for him. And mm-hmm. it meant that he spent some time because I knew that it was an expensive and rare bottle, right? So it meant that in my mind that he spent some time thinking about what I would enjoy. And then it lasts a long time because I'm not a big scotch drinker. So I take it out on special occasions. It could last six months, eight months, right? And every time I take it out, I'm thinking about him and how thoughtful he was, right? So I, I like that lasting nature of gifts. And then I guess one more thing that that I I think about in terms of corporate gifts, especially in bulk, um, is something that could be enjoyed now and then have lasting effect. Uh, So for example, I once got uh, a very nice crystal jar, like type of thing, like a sort of like a cookie jar. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was it was filled with uh, mint M&Ms because the people that sent it happened to be the color of their logo. Right. So stuff that I can enjoy now, enjoy now in my you know, people in my office are enjoying and, but then, you know, reuse it over time for cookies or coffee or whatever else it might be. So I sort of love that combination of having something for now and something for later. Um, sort of some thoughts on, on gifts. Um, but I think your point that it's easy, you know, I was mentioning it's easy to give gifts, at least if you are going to give gifts and we sometimes have to give it the thought, you know, they say it's the thought that counts. That really is where, where the thought counts in the gift, you know, make it, individual and make it something that's going to have some lasting impression. Of course, from a business standpoint, you know, you want to have something perhaps with your logo or something like that. You know, there's a fine line there. Like it has to be something, it can't be garish. It can't be something that's going to be like screaming at them, but if it's something useful and it also has your logo, that's also great. You know, I've, I've gotten things where the logo is literally on the bottom of the thing. You don't even see it day to day, but you know, it's there. And when you move it around, you see it and you connect it. Um, that's also an interesting way. I don't know. Marketers would, would necessarily agree with that. <laughs> but, uh, it's a different, uh, you know, different uh, take. Definitely. I love what you said um, a little bit ago about experiences and how people remember those um, so much more strongly. I think part of that is because you can give somebody an experience that they might not have spent the money on if you gave them that same amount of money. Oh, yeah. So if you buy me concert tickets, 
um, to a concert I want to go to, I don't feel guilty about spending my own money on concert tickets if they wouldn't necessarily fit in my budget. Um, so if you had given me that money, I might think I should use it for something responsible. But if you give me a concert ticket, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, we did. Uh, we are an office full of foodies. We're just all into eating and cooking and, and food. We're constantly talking about food. And we did a food tour in the Bronx, Arthur Avenue, which is like, they call it the little Italy of the Bronx. It's where a lot of Italian immigrants um, settled into the city. And this was at this point, it was well over a year ago and it still comes up. I'm not even kidding. Probably every two to three weeks in the office. It it was mentioned today. (laughs) That's why I thought of it Um, because we had such a great experience. And in terms of team building, in terms of, um, just getting to know each other, you know, in the, in the trip to get up there and taking different trains than we're used to. And then we had one person on the team who went to school in that area. So she knew it really well. And it, it's amazing what happens when you have that experience that you're sharing with people. So if you can give people that experience intentionally, um, that can be really powerful. And again, whether you are, um, whether you're thinking about gifts for your internal team or an external team um, or, or clients and, and other people, um, that's really powerful. And, and the, the personalization is so incredibly important. You know, when you are sending gifts to like 100 different clients or donors or, or another constituency, it, it probably does make sense to just settle on like a fruit basket and send it to right. everybody. And I think we're all used to that and that's fine. But when you really do want to demonstrate gratitude to an individual, maybe there's somebody who gave you a referral or, um, or gave you some advice that was just incredibly helpful. They, they kind of had a coaching session with you and it just really, um, really was, you know, insightful and, and helped you through a situation to take the time to think of a book they would like or, or a drink they would like or something else like that. And like you said, writing that inscription in the book, it's meaningful. It just takes a couple more minutes. Yeah. Even just sending somebody a nice handwritten note to get something pleasant in the mail, um, to let somebody know that you were thinking of them, uh, that's incredibly impactful. And I think a lot of times we forget um, or we don't take the time to do that. But if you can reach out in gratitude in, in a heartfelt way, people really recognize that. Yeah, for sure. And I think even in your point, to even if you are having to send 100, let's say, fruit baskets or whatever else it might be, so many different choices now with baskets, but, um, you know, <laughs> but even, but with, with that, if you can spend the time to write the note, it doesn't have to be one person writing 100 notes. It could be the person who has the most interaction with these eight clients. They're going to write the notes for those clients. And most of the larger companies that are doing baskets and stuff, they have systems where they can, you know, you can individualize each each one. And, and that makes a significant difference. And, and then I, another point I wanted to make was you're talking about sort of the food tour that you did. Food is really one of those gifts that, that are, are very primary. I don't know what it says about our society, but it, it is something very well given, very well received in general. And you can do like what you guys did, which is amazing, which is you're combining food with the experience. So let's say, you know, someone loves sushi and you, you can give them, you know, uh, you can, you know, for an internal team, you can bring in a sushi chef and teach people how to make sushi and then eat it. I once had somebody that um, I was getting a gift for and she loved cheese. So I got her a cheese making class, which, you know, years later, she's still talking about, you know, it's something that, like you said, she wasn't going to take, it might be something so interesting to her, but she's not going to take her money and necessarily go and take a cheese class, you know? 
Definitely. Yeah. It's, and again, back to, you knew that it was something that she would appreciate and enjoy and thinking, uh, you know, taking the time to really think about people and think about what they would, um, what they would enjoy and appreciate. Like you said, I think food is just, there's something about it. Certainly. (laughs) Um, as a foodie myself, I I definitely, you know, I don't know if everybody feels about it the same way I do, but you're right. It's, it's impactful. And, um, and a lot of times it's not terribly difficult. You know, we used, um, and I will have, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes because I want to give credit to the organization. I don't know it off the top of my head because I didn't coordinate it, but we, it was a food tour. Um, you know, it was like a history walking food tour thing um, that was really interesting. And you can, and you know, you sent somebody to a class. You don't have to put it together. You don't have to do anything but pick yeah. it. Um, and there are a lot of really great organizations sure. like that. Sure. That's wonderful. All right. So I know um, I personally do a lot of reading and I've found a lot of really great information about gratitude um, and, and just personal development in books. Um, do you have any book recommendations that you would like to share with our listeners? They could be related to gratitude or, or really anything else. Well, um, I'm a voracious reader. Uh, my wife always asks me about what's with the pile. I have like a pile of books, you know, next to my bed, which I'm reading all of them, you know, not at the same time, but serially, you know, on and off. Um, I love reading and I'm, I'm a big nonfiction reader. So um, I would say anything uh, by Robert Cialdini, which, you know, if you're in sales, uh, particularly uh, he's just sort of the master of um, probably early days, behavioral economics, understanding why people make decisions, um, I think Influence is his big one. And then he has one called Presuasion. Those are phenomenal. Uh, I know you have, you know, a lot of people, um, your clients, as well as podcast listeners who are, who are in the sales world. Those are musts as far as I'm concerned. I'm also a huge Adam Grant fan. People who mm-hmm. don't know Grant is sort of, you know, the top of the, I don't know, business psychologists, I'll call them, but he's got tremendous books. I think Give and Take is, is a favorite. He's got a book called Originals, also phenomenal. Um, from the gratitude side of things, um, there's there are tons of great books. One book that I think is a, perhaps a little overlooked, um, it's less technical, uh, more practical. It's more of a story of how somebody came to gratitude. Um, it's called This is the Time by Walter Green. Yeah, also happens to be a super nice guy. Um, Walter Green is sort of a rags to riches story, literally came from almost nothing and became very, very wealthy. And when he was retiring at the end of his career, he decided to take a year and do sort of like a gratitude tour. And he picked like 50 some odd people and he wrote them all these very, very longhand uh, letters of gratitude. And then he went to visit them across the country, out of the country. And then he speaks about the experiences that he had. And then he gives you sort of a little primer on how you could do something similar in your own life. I love it because it's just very laid back and simple. None of the science and everything in there, um, but just somebody who saw it in their life and looked back on their life um, and, and, and saw gratitude and, and how to approach that. Uh, so I would definitely uh, go with, that's a great book. This is the time. Um, Start with why Simon Sinek. Like I said, I'm a very into why and purpose. I think that's a tremendous business book for anyone. And then to throw in some other more particular gratitude stuff, pretty much uh, Dr. Robert Emmons, 
is the sort of the head guy when it comes to gratitude in terms of the science and the research. He's also at, uh, I think he might be at UC Davis, but he does a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff with UC Berkeley. He's also like the founding editor of the Journal of Positive Psychology. Uh, So he's sort of written the the main books. I mean, he's he's probably most well-known books are just uh, Gratitude Works, and thanks with an exclamation point. Um, he's also a very giving person. I've asked for permission to use uh, some of his stuff, you know, verbatim uh, within my workshops and no problem, no question. I don't even have to attribute them, although I do because I want to give gratitude, but he's very good. Himself. <laughs> but he has what I think is great. And this is a great gift book. Uh, it's called The Little Book of Gratitude that he has, which is a little lighter on the science and very, very practical. A lot of like inspiring quotes and then just like we've been talking about habits, like maybe, you know, 15 different little gratitude habits that you can do. And I'm a big fan of finding something that works for you, right? So absolutely, you know, to have like a book where you have like 10, 15 different things, like maybe you're not a letter writer, maybe you're a journal person, maybe you're, you know, like you're saying, you know, think of three things that, that you have gratitude for and all these little different ideas, you'll find something to hook in and it's literally a little book of gratitude. It's, you know, about, you know, the third of the size of a, a regular size book and, you know, maybe 150 pages, not even um, great, simple I love that the book of gratitude. I do not make commission, but uh, it's, it's a great uh, piece. That sounds like it. My goodness, that was a lot. I consider myself a reader. I love to read, and um, I would not be able to rattle off that many. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Adam Grant, yeah. and for people who like podcasts, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably like them. He hosted a podcast with Ted called Work Life, mm-hmm. um, and he shared a lot of behavioral psychology um, as it impacts uh, you at work. And I know he mentioned gratitude as a part of that, but I just found that such a such an interesting podcast and, and shared a lot of good stuff. I don't know if he's going back to it. I think the last episodes were in 2018. I don't know if he shared any in 2019, but um, yeah. every all the content was evergreen. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants right. to check that out. I'm such a fan. I think he just came out with a, a children's book on gratitude that he wrote with his wife. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw it promoed uh, that's supposed to be to, he's very big on gratitude, and I think he came up with a children's book on gratitude. I don't remember the name yet. That's uh, we'll look for that one. Uh, I think it's it's such an important topic, and if you can work, especially with kids on developing habits of gratitude. I think back to how much my mom would try to encourage us to send thank you notes. And I am ashamed to say I never developed a good habit around that. And it's something that I've tried to build a habit of as an adult, Um, but it's challenging. So sorry, mom. Um, She tried. Uh, But if you can really get kids to understand gratitude and feel it and connect to it, it is so incredibly powerful. And a lot of this research is done on adults. And we talk about a lot of the impacts that might happen um, at a kind of a career and professional and relationship level. But if you think of kids and if they can develop those skills throughout their entire lives, um, I, I feel like they would avoid making a lot of the mistakes that that many of us make as adults. And so- uh, such an important thing. Thank you for all of those recommendations. We will include links to all of those in the show notes. And we don't make commissions on those either, but uh, I just find it's, it's helpful to develop those lists. All right, Dave, here at Let's Talk Sales, we are always focused on providing actionable best practices that our listeners can apply to make their lives better and easier and more productive. What is one actionable tip that you would recommend for our listeners? 
for you? Usually I would say to write letters, but after your last uh, <laughs> colloquy about letters, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll change my mind. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of personal gratitude letters, but um, again, it is something that you have to be comfortable with and you have to be, you know, it has to be something that connects to you. And if it's not, then you definitely shouldn't do it. No. A lot of people journal, but some people just can't do it. They can't get into it. Right. So yeah, I would, I would, one thing that I, I like to point out because of all of the emphasis on uh, the benefits of gratitude, I, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes I'm concerned that we get too focused on it because it's good for me. So I want I think a, a process or, or uh, a practice that I like to talk about is sort of anonymous gratitude, where it's a little bit less about me, um, either recognition mm-hmm. for giving gratitude um, or hoping to get something back, or it's because I have to give it. So I talk about a few things in, in that regard. One of the things that, I mean, it's simple and it's not necessarily a practice that you could do every day, but I happen to travel a lot. I know you, you had some travel coming up. Uh, when I stay in hotels, which is not always, no, mm-hmm. Airbnb is, is a thing. And I always write a long form letter or card. I travel with stationary thank you cards and things like that. Um, and I And I will write to the housekeeping staff. I usually never see them, right? And I'm mm-hmm. never going to see them again. And even if I did, and I'm leaving them a tip. So even if I did, they're not going to like, you know, thank me for that. So it's sort of a habit that I've gotten into because I could sh- give gratitude to somebody without having anything to do with it. And another thing that I talk about in that regard in, in anonymous gratitude is um, first responders and, and military and things like that, where you can write their organizations. There's a tremendous organization called Operation Gratitude, where you can write letters to soldiers you're probably not going to hear back from them. They're not even necessarily going to know it's you, but it allows you an opportunity to just put gratitude out into the world. I was um, just this this earlier this week, I was at the Veterans Day parade here in New York City, and um, I just went over to any uh, mostly retired, but people who were in uniform or wearing their hats, showing that they're a veteran, and just walked over to them and thanked them for their service. And, mm-hmm. and now, now great. Now it's going out on the podcast, so I'm going to get the recognition. But I didn't do that for the recognition. I did that because I really felt gratitude for these people, and I feel like they're overlooked. And it also is one of those ways of just giving it and not expecting something back. So I think that that's sort of a good practice that we can get into is sort of think about how you could do some anonymous gratitude, just getting it out there into the world. Um, and then maybe one just practical thing, which we sort of already spoke about, which is which is setting up a time somehow, you know, by linking it to something in the day, or I like to say, put some stop signs in your day, because part of the reason why we're not as focused on gratitude is because we're busy people, right? There are a lot of videos mm-hmm. on the internet. There's things we got to do, right? So There's so many to watch. So, you know, just to stop at a certain point in time and just think about, even if you're not writing the letter, even if you're not writing it down, just think about for a moment what what you're grateful for, um, and you know from any standpoint, it could be a friend, it could be a band aid because you got a paper cut. It doesn't matter what it is. Just sort of trying to change your disposition a little bit at a time. Definitely, um, I, I don't want to dismiss personal gratitude letters. You mentioned it at the beginning, and I I actually you know I didn't do it as a kid, and I found that I I love. Um, beautiful note cards. Mm-hmm. 
And when I go to bookstores or stationery stores or other places that sell them, I have this habit of just buying beautiful note cards. And then you don't want to just collect <laughs> it, ridiculous amounts of beautiful note cards. And so I, I find if I carry them with me and if I store stamps oh, with yeah. them, and if I have people's addresses in my phone, then I am likely to think of writing notes and actually send them to people and, and make it easy. And so I do think whatever you decide to do related to your practice of gratitude, for example, if you want to write notes, you said you carry note cards yep. with you when you're traveling so that you can write those notes. I find myself leaving notes for housekeepers on the back of receipts and it doesn't work very well. And so what I'm going to do next time I'm in a hotel, that's a really great idea is make sure that I'm packing a note card that I can use. And I think if you can create the opportunity for yourself to practice gratitude in whatever way you're intending for, you're much more likely yeah. to do it. Whereas if you make it difficult yeah. for yourself, you're going to get caught up in the day to day and caught up in, in all the difficulties and inconveniences of life. And it's much less likely that yeah. you're going to do what you intended to do. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, I also I carry stamps as well, and you're making a great point. Like, it's like dieting, right? If you if you're gonna you want to eat healthy within the house, then you have to go do the shopping and 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 get the things that are healthy, right? So if you want to <laughs> get into your bed, you have set yourself up for success, you know, whatever that is, and 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 uh, be ready when when you can. I think also you know also also one of the challenges with sort of having habits is losing spontaneity. Uh, you also mm -hmm. have to think about that, right? I mean, your disposition will start to change as you do a gratitude habit, and then you'll start finding it, you know, in the world. Like when you're looking, when you change the way you look at the world, things change. I always talk about, you know, when you buy a new car, and then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. everybody else has that car, like you're the biggest influencer <laughs> ever, right? That's not what happened, right? What happened was now you're attuned to that car because you thought about it, you love it, you drive it, and now you, you're tuned in. So when you see it, Elsewhere, you pick up on it. And it's the same thing with gratitude. When you start tuning in on it, you're going to see opportunities for gratitude way beyond whatever your habit might be. Absolutely. It's amazing how you really need to start training your brain to do that. And I think if you haven't thought about how you've trained your brain to think, really spend some time reflecting on that. Because you've probably developed some habits of uh, that are negative, related to negative self-talk, maybe looking uh -huh. down on yourself, maybe thinking um, bad thoughts about people around you and frustration. And just like it's, it's pretty easy to develop a habit of just being irritated by people around you, <laughs> take that same amount of energy and put it into thinking thoughts of gratitude. And you will train yourself to think that way. And it, it'll become easy and natural. And it's amazing the difference it makes. Like you said, in the beginning, you have to be a lot more prescriptive. prescriptive. And you have to think about, um, you know, creating signposts and, and pairing habits together. But once you've done that for a while, uh, it, it it does come naturally to you. And uh, that's a really good place to be, you know, if you, if you feel like you're at that stage in your life and you're going to see significant impacts again, it's not about the impacts, but they happen. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to know. Good All right. I have really enjoyed our conversation today, Dave, and I'm sure um, our listeners have as well. If people want to learn more about you and your work and what it is that you do, where should they go? 
Oh gosh, there's like 17 different places. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> easiest catch-all is, is LinkedIn. I'm very active on link, pretty active on LinkedIn at Dave Lynn. I use the hashtag gratitude dude. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I sort of run a, a, th- a running thing. I have gratitude days where we just have some type of element, usually a video on gratitude and then three for Thursdays. And those are both hashtags, gratitude day and three for Thursday, where we do exactly what we're saying. Like we give people the opportunity, give us three things that you're, grateful for and we give categories so so that it makes it a little easier like we will say something like something invisible somebody you haven't seen in 10 years and uh you know an item of clothing or something like that so to sort of get make it a little bit easier um you could definitely hit me up at dave at gratitudeworkshops.com uh check out the generosity series generosityseries.com that's our 5k platform for for nonprofit uh, fundraising and also for sure uh congruence uh, which is C-O-N-G-R-U-E-N-S-E, not like the mathematical term. There's an S at the end, congruence.com. Mm-hmm. Find out about our unconvention in Austin in February and our quarterly conventions where we talk a lot about gratitude. We talk about strengths in uh, personal strengths based on the Gallup Strength Finders, as well as things like uh, self-awareness. We have some uh, meditation for the business mind. We have uh, some yoga practice for for, for people in business um, and a lot of music. I actually incorporate a lot of live music there. It's, it's a great place. And then, or just open your window and shout my name. Um, <laughs> um, say gratitude dude or Dave and I'll get you. Um, Sounds good. Well, um, I can definitely say, obviously, you're you're doing a lot of different things, but um, the the why behind it comes out through all of that. And I love that you started today by sharing your personal why. And I think as everybody who's listening probably has, has discovered throughout the course of this conversation, you're really able to live that out through what you do. And I think all of us can aspire to living a life where we can um, where we can kind of focus on our passion, which is is the why behind what we're doing. So thank you so much for that, Dave. Really yeah. appreciate that. And my, pr- my pleasure to be here and my privilege to be able to do that. And thanks for having me. All right. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything that we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 207. Make sure to tune in next week for my interview with Sandy Spinagle. She is the co-founder and president of Platinum PR. In the meantime, check out this Friday's inspirational episode where Charles is sharing an excellent quote that is sure to inspire you. As a reminder, if you have any feedback for us, topics or questions that you want us to address, guests that you'd recommend that we speak to, you can reach us at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please recommend us to a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening. While you're there, please leave us a rating or a review. That'll help people find the show and it lets us know what's working and where we have room to improve. Remember to follow us on Twitter at let's underscore talk underscore sales. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ariana Miskell, Laura Marchoff, and me, Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling!